0: hello and welcome to the social world podcast.com your host is Dave Niven today's show is sponsored by David Niven Associates
1: welcome to the social world podcast I'm Dave Niven and you're very welcome to join me Now this is a weekly podcast focusing mainly on social work and social care. We look at events, we have guest interviews, we look at stories in the media, we think about education and also of course we think about entertainment. Now this week's episode is going to bring two particular things, one main interview and that's with Dr Antonina Dashkina who's the president of the Russian Union of Social Workers and Social Pedagogues but she's also the vice president Of the INGO Conference at the Council of Europe and a Vice President of the International Federation of Social Workers in Europe. Now Antonina got a degree in English at the Moscow State Pedagogical University and became a community worker in the 1980s and then subsequently got her doctorate in social work. She worked in the Faculty of Pedagogical Sciences and became a lecturer on international social services at Moscow Pedagogical University. She's got wide international experience and she's worked on programs administered from the United Kingdom since 1992 as well. And she co-founded the Russian European Trust back in 1993. We talk of social work in Russia. We talk of the scope of social work in Russia. Of course, being such a huge country, there's hugely different dynamics there. We talk about the education of social workers, uh, the continuing development of social workers. It's quite a young profession. in in social work terms in Russia and we talk about the distribution of disciplines. We want to, we we, we try and tease out, I try and tease out with her how uh, social work is viewed in this country as opposed to uh, in Russia and yes we do talk about the Ukrainian situation and what their views are about that from a social work perspective because uh, Antonina does know her opposite number in the Ukraine and there has been talks there. So it's a very good interview and I recommend you to it. Now then we go on a little bit at the end and I talk about a a BBC television interview that I gave uh, that was about a couple jailed for neglecting their five children. Now this was very unusual for me because this was a classic case, it seems to me anyway, of neglect by omission, you know, where love is not enough. And the judge, though, although he declared that they weren't deliberately neglectful as a couple, he jailed them for two years each. And so I'm very interested to see why these uh, incompetent parents, judges' words, actually weren't dealt with by the family court and the matter, uh, possibly care proceedings taken, as opposed to criminal proceedings taken uh, against the parents here, if they weren't deemed to be deliberately negligent of their children. Interesting. We'll have to wait for a serious case review that's continuing at the moment. So these are the two things I focus on today, but mainly, mainly the conversation I had with Antonina. So uh, listen up for that. Now, you can download this on iTunes. You can download it on Stitcher. Obviously, the Social World podcast website. My Twitter handle is at Dave Niven. Have a good look there. And we have had some lovely feedback from so many of you. Thank you very much, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's uh, LinkedIn, um, iTunes, whatever. Please keep it coming. And remember that one-click service beside uh, every podcast, every blog, that's uh, called uh, SpeakPipe. Just click it, leave your message, and I'll I'll, I'll take good note of it and maybe even include you in the next podcast. So this week, as I said... I'm bringing the interview with Antonina Dashkina. And then we're going to talk about that particular case briefly that uh, consumed the airwaves for a while this week in the UK. And all of this has been pulled together with the expert help of Alba Digital Media. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode, which is number 34. Thank you.
2: Fashion, it started in 1991 and uh, um, uh, after uh, unfortunate collapse of the Soviet Union. And uh, social work started as a new profession, training at the universities started, and now we have a very well-established uh, uh, social care, social services, social institutions, social work training. Uh, at the moment, in Russia, we have 640,000 640,000 social workers, Uh, only um, uh, one third of them have higher education, university degree, because the profession is new and training started only from 1991. It means the first uh, graduates came in 1995, 1996. So, but anyhow, we have staff, uh, professionals working uh, in... um, residential homes with elderly, disabled people, with children. We have uh, uh, rehabilitation centers, we have home centers, we have complex centers. We have social workers who work in prisons with young offenders and adults. We have uh, quite a lot of socially oriented social uh, NGOs, Mm. but not necessary that uh, social workers would work
1: there. Okay, do you call all the 600,000 people social workers or only the ones who have the university qualification and the others are maybe social care workers? I don't know, how how do you I know, differentiate? I know, I know your
2: dif- how you differentiate it in England, but in Russia those who have got a, a university degree called specialists in social work and uh, the rest are social workers. This is a little bit confusing but we talk about social work and the broad uh, meaning uh, of the word. So, uh, 640 social workers, but only 230,000, I think, are qualified. Uh, we have uh, 140 schools of social work in Russia. You know, we are very, very big. So, everything um, I'm talking about is uh, big, yes. and numbers numbers are big.
1: Okay. So, how do you organise social work in anything like the way that we do here, like working with children and families, or working with adults um, as two particular big groups, or is it more generic?
2: No, people are trained. In, uh, people are trained uh, uh, as uh, generic social workers, and then they come uh, to practice and they choose uh, which field they will work. Mm,
1: okay. What what would you say at the moment um are some of the bigger issues that um are on social work in Russia at the moment what what are some of the bigger challenges at the moment would you say
2: No we now uh, modernize social services which will bring a uh, reduction of staff It's not like you have in UK where it is a disastrous situation in Russia they try to look at uh, really uh, optimize the work, and uh, but of course uh, to make people work more not professionally, to, to make people work m- in more modern way, and it does uh, make more pressure, and some people have to go, but uh, it was not very well organized, and I agree with the fact that some. Um, social workers will be reduced but it's not because this profession is bad or it's not because this profession is not liked it's um, uh, the work of social workers is appreciated very much by our government but we now look at the new um, strategies and tactics
1: okay. Um, there's a lot of um, movement in the UK towards multi-agency working, especially in, when you're talking about vulnerable groups in society. So, you know, like child protection or vulnerable adults or whatever. I mean, in, 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 every, in every group, really. But in Russia, is there um, good respect for social work from other professions, you know, medicine and law and police, would you say?
2: Uh, you know, we are talking about interdisciplinary approach. We are, I have to be honest, quite good at this because we have uh, complex centers of so- social services, complex social services centers, which you don't have it here in the UK. And in these complex social services centers, we will have social worker, social pedagogues, social psychologists. We will have, a, a, it, there may be a medical staff, there may be, some other stuff so uh, lawyers of course so it means that when person comes for their uh, service he may get a very quick response from different professions so when they sit under one roof they have to respect each other Uh, have to but of course um, if uh, you come for instance in um, uh, Russia we um, social worker not qualified uh, carer, in English way, have to go once a month to their hospital, to the clinic, to get recipes for the client to get free medication. In your country, you do it yourself. Uh, in Russia, because uh, social worker look after very elderly or disabled people, so they have to go. And unfortunately, once a month, and we are now fighting that, uh, we don't have enough of understanding from uh, uh, medical staff because uh, there is no special queue or special arrangement, so this is what have to be done. Uh, and here, medic- medics will not understand social workers. So there are uh, pluses and minuses, there are different ways.
1: Mm you you're obviously you're quite familiar with work in the u k because i know you not only are you married to an Englishman but you you've also studied you know you've studied how we do things over here and you've visited here i mean what impressions have you got <coughs> of work in the u k that you feel positive about and are there things that you think we could learn from from russia mm,
2: you know yes, i'm very privileged because i worked uh, in with u k in with UK for more than 20 years from the very beginning of the profession. And uh, we are very lucky that we have Russian European Trust, a charity which was established in 1993 and for 20, more than 20 years now, is working in this field. We had many MPs who had social work background like uh, for instance, Paul Goggins, who died unfortunately. We had um, uh, David Hinchley. So we had uh, 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 Jim Murphy. So there were people. Uh, plus, we have uh, uh, professional heads of social services like David Wright, who was head of social services in Norfolk. Uh, the organization, the president of organization, is Lord Jeffrey Howe. And we have an ex. Um, uh, ambassador uh, of UK to the Soviet Union, uh, Sir Roderick Braithwaite. So it was a, a group of people who, at the beginning of the 90s, were helping and ready to help. So it was a very, very important thing. I would say that um, uh, at the beginning of the 90s, we took a lot from uh, UK experience we were bringing more than 1,500 Russians to UK to look at all spectrum of social work. We were bringing approximately 600-700 British who came to Russia to first help and now just to observe and to see what we do. So it was great. We took ideas of uh, military social work from you. We were uh, we worked with SAFA uh, to look at the... Uh, uh, problems of bereavement and grief, and we used it a lot because we have a lot of things um, where we need specialists of this sort. Now, uh, I was at the Baswa conference and I heard with great uh, uh, sorrow, uh, like the case of Baby P. I remember uh, Lord Laming uh, when he was making reviews uh, with the uh Clambier Victoria Clambier sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. When we really we took it as an example of a very good analysis how you can analyze uh, who made some r- wrong things police and doctors and this and this I never expected that uh, their case of baby P will bring to dismissal of uh, honest uh, professional people the heads of social services I came to this lady and I said, unfortunately, in Russia we had a couple of incidents when we had a a residential elderly home burned down and people were killed. It's a terrible situation. But it was head of social services of a very big region. He was dismissed. Although police did not come on time, fire brigades were kilometers away from this village. signal system was not installed properly, which was administration fault. But it's always easy just to dismiss social work professional. But it should not be happening like this. So I believe it shouldn't. So uh, we in Russia at the moment are very proud. We managed to push through the highest level president of Russia will meet social workers of Russia. And you know, it's very powerful figures but they will meet social workers and they will listen to us. Mm. And uh, uh, last time we met with president and he was saying, what do you think uh, we are doing wrong by not supporting social workers? And I said, because I was the leader of the group, that uh, we um, you have just uh, three days ago uh, awarded uh, fire police, uh, extreme situation officers who were helping uh, with uh, fires. It was two years ago, there were terrible fires in Russia. I said, but we have social workers who were evacuating elderly people, who were saving uh, disabled, who were uh, uh, who were then helping with humanitarian aid distribution, who were uh, um, making their documents uh, because they were burned down or something. And he said, oh, We never thought about this. It's a very easy thing. Just give us a list, of course. So what I'm saying is, although, you know, there are prejudices about my country and people um, are not always uh, know what they're talking about, but we do have an access to highest people and we we are listened to. At the meeting with the president uh, uh, that year.
1: This is President Putin. Uh,
2: it was Mr. Medvedev.
1: Oh, Mr. Medvedev, yeah,
2: okay. Yeah. At this meeting, we managed to uh, t- uh, talk about the raise of the salaries. We managed to talk about the importance of having uh, uh, all Russia competition for the best social work professionals. And we managed to talk about new legislation. And now, four years later, everything is in place the salary is raised uh, we every 8th of june it's a day of social work by president putin the 8th of june because a national day of social work and um, we have best social workers coming to kremlin and prime minister gives them awards some of them are very big so the first place would be 10000 pounds in cash for the best 20 best people, social worker with elderly, with disabled, with children, social pedagogue, la 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 la. So, it's really, really. Uh, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of uh, what's happening in Russia. Mm-hmm. What we can recommend you from our experience is to introduce social pedagogy as a profession.
1: Yes, say a little bit more about that, would you?
2: Social pedagogue, eh, you know. We say that social worker works with a uh, problem, but a social pedagogue works for prevention of problems. And social worker, a social, a social worker works with vulnerable, social pedagogue works with vulnerable, but beforehand he works with family as a whole. He works with the family in the community. He works with talented children of their big family or single mother family. Uh, they work at schools. They work uh, in uh, uh, community. It's a. Uh, it's similar to uh, uh, before. I was thinking that social pedagogue is a community social worker, but it's not quite. But maybe it's maybe it is a community social worker, but with very strong pedagogical and psychological um, uh, knowledge. So we do uh, provide training for social pedagogues. We have a five-year training. So when you had riots on the streets of London with young, offend- young children, mm. young people crashing everything, I was thinking that social pedagogy would be important. But, of course, I do like uh, uh, English social workers. I do like uh, their willingness of your people to share experience. We are slightly different. You always talk about uh, worse things, kind of uh, about problems, even if the problems are not too big. Russians will always talk about very good things, although their problems may be bigger than yours. <laughs> but we... <laughs> we um, um, I don't know whether it's a proud... Uh, uh, you are very proud of your country, you love
1: uh, your country. Yes. The Russians say that the glass is half full, whereas mm. the British would say yeah. the glass is half empty. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is how we can describe <laughs> But British social workers uh, gave a huge uh, time, energy uh, experience to us and we appreciate it
1: very much. You've, at the moment, I mean, the, the, the news broadcasts all over Russia and uh, the UK and, and the whole of Europe are, are, are full of the big geopolitical problems at the moment, you know, the, the big uprisings in different parts of, 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 the, of Europe and all the challenges and the tensions and all this. I mean, how, what impact is that having on social work in Russia and what, what do, do social workers have parts to play in communities where there is great tension?
2: You know, uh, I understand that very carefully you are talking about Russia, Ukraine now. I'm very sad that, again, prejudice and um, stamps on Russia are so uh, easy to make that nobody understands that uh, really so many, many things you uh, are hear are propaganda, not true. At the moment, we have uh, nearly 20,000 refugees from Ukraine, from eastern part of Ukraine. Children and families are running away, and we keep them in our camps, with uh, where usually uh, pioneer camps, as we call them, the place where they can have holiday and things. We are thinking now to come to these places to talk to disturbed people because we know some methods which we talk from you, so we haven't been there yet, but as I said, uh, uh, it, the trauma, the blood, the death, which is happening there, is not Russia's fault. And uh, uh, social workers, um, we we try to be in touch. Uh, unfortunately, as a president of Russian Association, I did not have response for several letters which I wrote to Ukrainian President Association of Social Workers. I don't know where she is, how she is, Irina Zvereva. We know each other for many, many years. Um,
1: I was going to I, ask about. I was going to ask about that because you must have good, strong links with your opposite numbers in Ukraine.
2: Yes, yes. So um, I think uh, we all made uh, a very big mistake by not uh, at the very beginning by not sitting people together, both sides, without listening. We were listening only one side of the story. Uh, you know, I represent the International Federation of Social Workers Europe in Council of Europe. I am Vice President of uh, uh, Conference of uh, INGO in Council of Europe. And when it started in December, January, I was pleading asking to sit people together, but no, only one side was heard. and. Um, I think we reap of the uh, rewards and people suffer.
1: What are you going to do? Have you any plans to, to try and um, pursue that agenda, to try and keep trying to sit, them, sit people down? Have you got plans to try and push that?
2: Um, you know, I'm not very successful. When I was talking just about sitting people together and talk, I was accused. Uh, that I have imperialistic uh, approach. Mm-hmm. I argued that I'm not talking as Russian or whatever. I, I talked as a uh, social worker. But uh, uh, I spoke to my colleagues here in UK who just don't want even to hear, who don't want to know. They just say that Russia is a, a aggressor, Russia is doing this and that. But again, we are not talking about this politics is politics, but life of people is another thing. So I don't know how we will resolve. It's very difficult, very long process. I was in the Council of Europe in Strasbourg um, uh, 10 days ago, and I was talking to Ukrainian uh, representatives from the Ministry of Social Protection, and they were saying that the rift is so big. I said, but we will anyhow will be together. It will uh, heal, because we can't not to be. You know, we are one blood. We are one, one uh, nation. So social workers can play a very big role, but
1: um, I don't know at the moment. Being R- Russian uh, is not helping. So, but social work has got to transcend boundaries because there are there are tragedies on all sides of this argument, aren't they? Everybody is feeling aggrieved and. Every time you hear of a death, whoever, if it's a pro-Russian death or if it's a pro-Ukrainian death or if it's whatever, it's still, there are still bereavements and ripples that go out everywhere, reinforcing, reinforcing differences. It's such a difficult period and therefore such a, a key period, I would say, for social work to play a part. Would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. But we, uh, in the Council of Europe, there are a lot of talks against hate speech. And I was thinking about this. I think that the speech which we hear all over is a hate speech towards my country. Uh, I uh, recently uh, received a letter from IFSW uh, to all um, associations of social workers of Europe to support Hungarian NGOs uh, because they have uh, problems with their legislation and government is using Uh, Putin's Russia example of treating NGOs. I really, I wanted to write a big response to say it's a hate speech. It's not true. You talk about something you don't know. But, you know, I really don't want to spend my energy because people will still not want to hear. And this is a very big problem. But, Mm. as I said, in one-to-one, face-to-face relationships, we, have, uh, we social workers can talk to everybody and there is no hatred between us. We try to understand, but on the um, bigger, higher level, people's minds are washed, uh, brains are washed up terribly.
1: Okay. Can I, can I move on? But I mean, it's not a million miles from what we were talking about, but it's the way that people communicate these days. I would like to ask you a little bit about especially because, like, social media is worldwide now and immediate and instant, and whether it's Twitter or Facebook or wherever, that's how people are getting their information these days or whatever you want to say, but everybody's opinions now are rushing around the airwaves. Do you see a big role for social media, for technology, in the delivery of social work services? Now, I'm thinking in Russia, it's such a big country, the actual size of Russia, that, you know, I I would imagine um, technology is helping social work quite a lot in actually delivering information and delivering services. Is is that fair? What do you see the future of of technology in our profession?
2: You see, I'm not very good at all this, but... um uh, I just want to say to your uh, to people who listen to us that uh, recently there was a new institution set up, Global Institute for Social Work, with a headquarter in Singapore. And the address is uh, T-H-E-G-I-S-W, uh, the, the Giswa, Global Institute for Social Work. And it's um, a very interesting man uh uh, Tiong Tang, uh, whom you may know, he is—he uh, was a president in IFSW Asia Pacific and so on. And he is a very, very modern person in terms of technologies. So uh, uh, I have to be honest. I have sent information about your podcast to him, okay. and I would like you to look at his information because his idea is that uh, best leading. Professionals from all over the world give lectures uh, And then everybody who subscribed can listen to a lecture of a very famous professor So it's a very good idea So yeah, I think it's very important Especially in the countries like mine Which is huge, big Which you can, uh, to come from one part to another You have to fly 11, 12 hours by plane So it's important that people in the villages and rural areas have a chance to and access to the best uh, uh, ideas.
1: Mm. Okay. Look, fine. A final question. All right. Um, I want to ask if you had a message. All right for social workers, not necessarily just in the UK, but or Russia but all over because when I mean, we're talking about half a million people worldwide in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and arrangements because as you know the social work profession is a very mixed profession and how it how it presents itself to the world but what sort of message would you give you know given that there are so many troubles in the world so many tensions in the world but from a social worker point of view what would you what message would you like to give out to to people in all these different countries
2: I think that I think uh, we are a big army. Don't uh, uh, don't uh, 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 accuse me of being Russian, but we are a very big army of professionals. And uh, um, uh, I think that the message is: social workers unite. We can do it. I have just been to Vietnam, with uh, in Philippines and saw miseries and problems, and I saw how social workers uh, deal with the problems, how skillful and good they are, and how interested they are in uh, uh, what other people are doing in this or that field. So I was there with Tony Widmer, my husband, uh, who was giving lectures on disasters, and uh, he was basing his knowledge on British and Russian experience, which is very, very good. The same with Vietnam. So, I think we are a profession which, uh, if united, we can do even more than we are doing at the moment.
1: Okay. Antonina, thank you very much indeed for your time. (laughs) Well, I'm really pleased to have had that chance to talk to Antonina and uh, I hope that uh, we can do some more with her colleagues and herself in the future and possibly even look at some of the international figures that she mentioned in the interview. Now, I just want to play you this for a few minutes. This is this television interview I talked about, about that recent case in, uh, in England. It was stemming from Gloucestershire, uh, in which a couple were jailed for neglecting their five children. And, uh, well, have a listen to it. And uh, it's just one of these things that uh, occurs from time to time and like I said it's one of the sadder kind of cases that we come across in child protection.
0: Well, David Niven is the former chairman of the British Association of Social Workers and a child protection expert. He also provides training on child protection. Thank you very much for coming in Mr Niven. Does it surprise you to see cases like this in
1: 2014? Uh, No, but it does sadden me because these are often the most sad cases that you come across because These are cases that I found perhaps the most difficult when when in practice of uh, neglect by omission where parents just don't know how to be parents. I mean another name for this usually was where love is not enough. So in other words the parents cared for the children but they just couldn't be parents. They they either hadn't the modeling themselves or they possibly had difficulties themselves understanding or whatever or they just were as the judge said incompetent.
0: Social services did try to step in, albeit yeah. unsuccessfully. Do, do you think their hands are tied? Uh, uh, is there too, many, too much red tape? What went wrong here?
1: Well, what surprises me is I imagine social services would have stepped in here by if, putting a sort of metaphorical arm around this couple, by putting help in and telling people what to do, making sure the children got their inoculations, the hearing test, the eye test, with the right clothes for the right season, didn't try and turn up starving at school, which often these things happen. But what surprised me here was often if it fails, then you go to the family court and you apply for care proceedings. That's quite usual in a case like this. But the criminal courts, that surprised me. So there must be something else going on here.
0: Well, there's a serious case review going on, Hmm. so we'll find out. But these children were obviously seen in public. What about the public here? Do do you think they should have raised the alarm sooner.
1: Well, obviously, I don't know the circumstances, but I would encourage the public, if they do see children regularly in a state of need and in a state of kind of uh, neglect like this, mm. to report the matter, to talk about it, because just like anything else, if you, if you saw a child being beaten, you would report that matter. If you saw a child being a, uh, assaulted or kidnapped, you yeah. would, and just the same with neglect.
0: Very quick question, current financial climate, high numbers of child poverty, are we going to see cases like this rise?
1: Oh, I expect so. I expect we'll we'll see cases like this uncover, especially as social services are getting more efficient, but under great pressure in terms of the numbers of cases that are coming forward.
0: David Nemeth, thank you very much.
1: Well, there you go. Thanks very much indeed for listening this week. I look forward to your company next week. Just remember, please, if you can, iTunes, Stitcher, Website, uh, SpeakPipe, whatever way communicate with me come and tell me what you think come and tell me what you'd like to hear I'd love to hear it and I'd love to involve more of you actually in the program itself so until next time thanks for listening